This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Kicking off hour two here on a Calgary Flames game day from the Scotiabank Center. Though it is the Flames and the Nashville Predators, both teams in desperate need of two points as they try to chase down the Winnipeg Jets. It's been a fight for different reasons for both of these teams down the stretch. Flames, a contending team at the beginning of the season that haven't lived up to expectations. A Predators team that didn't meet expectations in the first half, led to some changes among the team before and during the trade deadline but have used some great young talent and play over the last couple of weeks to push Calgary and Winnipeg equally in a race for the Western Conference playoffs. But they might not get there, but the Nashville Predators sure have raised a lot of eyebrows around the league with their play heading into the end of this season. Logan Gordon along with you here on Sportsnet today. Outstanding production team along with us this afternoon, Cam, Taylor, and Colton. And uh, now very excited to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. For our look at the opposition this afternoon, uh, we welcome in the play-by-play voice of the Nashville Predators, Willie Donick, uh, who joins us this afternoon on a game day. Willie, thanks so much for doing this, man. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Uh, great to be here in Calgary. We've had a couple of beautiful days of weather. I've enjoyed being outside and, and hanging out in the sunshine. Great to hear. Yeah, it's uh, starting to turn here in Calgary, and that's always a uh, a positive after the long winter months. And, uh, hey, it's been a, a quite the turn for the Nashville Predators uh, for the last couple of months as well, Willie. A post-trade deadline, I'm not sure how many people saw this team going on a run to push the, the Flames and the Jets here for that last playoff spot in the West. It might not come to be for Nashville when it's all said and done, but just how impressive has this team been in your mind the last couple of weeks since the trade deadline passed? It's been pretty pretty miraculous I think when you get down to it I think they've done a a great job under the circumstances and and I think there's a couple of different things that have happened number one is you sort of laid out when they decided to go in the direction they did at the end of February in the days leading up to the trade deadline I, I really thought that there was a chance that they would just sort of cave in because there was so there were expectations of doing better the message was sent that, look, whatever you guys have done, it hasn't been good enough. We're moving in another direction. I thought they could have mailed it in at that point. But they continued to press forward and, and play competitively. And then on top of that, they've had a ton of injuries. Like tonight, not only are they missing the four guys that they traded, four key pieces that they traded before the deadline, but there are eight other regulars that would be in there that are injured, including the captain, Roman Yossi, uh, Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, two guys that scored 40 goals last year. So on top of that, they've still remained competitive. That's been the astonishing part to me. 
Mentioning some of those names that, that got traded or moved around the trade deadline, Willie, Tanner, Janot, Nino Niederreiter, uh, Granlund, Ekholm, all out. And, of course, that opens up opportunity for other players to come in and step up. From an outside perspective, I've really loved the play of Luke Evangelista and, and Tommy Novak as guys that have stepped up big time for this Predators team. And how important have they been in your mind uh, to what Nashville has been building the last couple weeks? Very important. And, and those two guys, I think, have really seized the opportunity. I would throw Cody Glass and Phil Tomasino in there as well, guys who have uh, been on the prospect list, uh, although less or so for Novak. Yeah, I think he's the guy that really has come out of nowhere and been fantastic. And he was on the team before all these moves uh, were being made. But those are the guys that have now played very, very important minutes in the top six. They're taking on big responsibilities. And I think that's the biggest thing that Nashville will take away. When, as Barry Trotz has come in, and he's going to succeed David Poyle, David Poyle will uh, remain on as an advisor. But as the change in the guard happens, they're going to get a true evaluation of what these guys are. They, they now can really get you know, a true sense of what does Cody Glass look like in a big, meaningful game that has playoff implications on the line. What does Evangelista look like? They've been thrown into the fire. And they're, you know, they're having some struggles like the other night. When, when they go on the road and they play those hard minutes against a tough team, that's been a challenge for them. But overall, they've had a, a lot of good production over this last month, six weeks. And, and so, like I said, going forward, now that's a little bit different, I think, than just playing out the string in games that don't mean anything. So uh, I think that's what's been fun to watch. How big, I know you, I saw it on your Twitter account uh, a little bit earlier today, but Man, I, I just don't know if you have enough words to continue to describe the great play from UC Soros this year. Uh, I'm totally with you. I think that he's a guy that should find himself in Vesna consideration. It just seems to be he's that steadying force that you can rely on day in, day out if you're a National Predators fan. Yeah, I, I don't think any of this would be possible were it not for the great play of UC Soros. The way they're playing, and I think all fans that are going to watch this game tonight, you'll see the Predators cannot play in a run-and-gun game and have any chance. But what gives them a chance is if, if they play a good, strong, structured game, they're opportunistic on offense, and even when they start giving up some, some ways of shots, it's hard for them, especially without Roman Yossi, who is their number one offense generator. Right? He's the guy that skates you out of trouble. He's the guy that can make the big offense play. He creates uh, He creates action offensively, not only for himself, but to his teammates. Without him, they've really had to buckle down. But UC Saws gives him a chance because if you get outshot 40 to 40 to 25, there's still a good chance that he can keep you in the game. And so that's what I think uh, a lot of people in a, a smaller market like Nashville want people to know. And it's, in this case, it's the GMs who vote for the Vezina that it's easy to just look at the stats and look at Alinas Ulmark or some of the other guys that are getting a little bit more attention and say, well, that, that should be the Vezina list. I just hope they consider the heat and the responsibility that UC Soros takes on. The margin for error that he has is so thin. I think that's what separates him from everybody else, and I think he's very deserving of being a finalist. I wanted to ask you about two defensemen. Uh, the first one, a guy that's been around all year long. He was a big off-season acquisition from the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's uh, Ryan McDonough-Willie. How impressive has he been in year one 
in Predators colors to you? And I guess how has he sort of stabilized things? Talking about those guys that, you know, Matthias Ekholm being traded to Edmonton, Roman Yossi going down with injury. Seems as though Ryan McDonough has been a guy that's picked up a lot of that slack for the Predators on the back end. You know, we heard all these things about Ryan McDonough when the team traded for him, about all the intangibles and the leadership. And, boy, has it really come into to view when you see it day in and day out. It did take him a little while to acclimate. I think it was a shock to him and his family to get moved the way uh, that it happened with the Lightning. He spent so many years winning championships and then, you know, to become the, the cap casualty, that was, that was a shock to the system. And then he's moving his family to Nashville. Uh, the team goes off to Prague uh, for the Global Series. So I think it took him a little while to get his roots down. But once he did, he started playing really well with Roman Yossi. That's, that's really been a shame. When they've had McDonough and Yossi as a pair, they've been a much more productive team. But really, this last six weeks, as you sort of referenced, with Yossi out of the lineup and a lot of the other veterans out, Ryan McDonough has done a great job of helping the younger players uh, find their way here. And I, I think you can't say enough about what he's done. His, his teams have never missed the playoffs. They're hoping to keep that string going as, as bleak as it looks right now. And we know the loser of this game is probably going to be eliminated for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. But I think Ryan McDonough has made a great impression on this organization his first year. I wonder about the impression being made by Tyson Berry, who uh, came in from that trade from Matias Ekholm, and a lot of people looked at it as, hey, you gotta, if you're going to be the Edmonton Oilers, you got to take money out if you want to bring money in with Matias Ekholm's contract. And, uh, the Predators were willing to bring on Tyson Berry. But listening to John Hines this morning uh, handle the media, the saddle, though, Willie, this is a guy that has come in and really impressed the Nashville Predators on a lot of different levels in a very short time since coming over in that trade. Yeah, and thank goodness they got him in that trade. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, as you heard John Hines this morning, because, uh, you know, he said Tyson Berry is used to playing a certain role. You know, he's a tremendous offensive quarterback on a power play. He, he can really move the puck. He's got great offensive skills. But he's had to be way, way more than that for, for this team, as you heard Coach Hines say. He's playing in all situations. They really don't have anybody else. For example, his partner the last couple of games has been Jake Livingstone, one of those college free agents who dives right in there, going straight from college, never played a pro game. So Tyson Berry has had to help shelter him along. You know, he's helped Spencer Sassy and other guys that – has just been called up, played in four or five games in his entire career. Cal Foote, who really wasn't playing much at all in Tampa Bay before he came over here. So Tyson Berry has dove in here, and he's made a great impression on his teammates and the coaching staff. So uh, maybe on the surface it looked like a salary cap throw-in, but it's been anything but that for this team. I'm curious how it's been seen in Nashville, the transition from the only GM the organization's ever known from David Poyle to, you know, coming in now with Barry Trotz in the offseason and how Barry will have to sort of navigate through all this. I know he's been around the team and, and, and always been that presence with the group, but I'm curious from your mind, Willie, how this push late in the season has maybe changed the direction for this team. Do you still see this being a team that goes through a lot of changes in the offseason, even if they do make the playoffs? It's, it's a really good question. I, I think from the fan base's standpoint, there was a building frustration uh, of 
maybe what looked like a low ceiling before they started making these moves. And so it's always, it's always a little deflating when a team becomes a, quote, seller. But I think there were a lot of people saying, okay, what's best case? If this team scratches in to the playoffs as it was, did they really have the makings of a team that could make a push in the playoffs? Uh, you know, the team is now – I think there's a little bit of um, being spoiled – in a sense, in Nashville, because they've made the playoffs eight straight years. And it's almost like it's a, something that's taken for granted, in my opinion, some. And people don't appreciate that it's not always easy to make the playoffs. But there's a frustration that they haven't won a round since 2018, and so they're tired of getting beat in the first round. And so to take a step back, to take a couple of steps forward, was refreshing to a lot of the fans. And, you know, David Poyle's the only general manager that that market has ever known. So just change for the sake of change is kind of exciting. And now you bring back Barry Trotz, who obviously is a, a guy that has deep, deep roots with the franchise. So I think people are really looking forward to seeing, you know, what changes are going on. And um, you mentioned it. Now, you know, with what are they going to do? How much responsibility will, will they put in some of these youngsters that have done well down the stretch? They created some cap space in moving the contracts of Eckholm and Mikhail Grandland and, and those guys, So and, and Nino Niederreiter. So they have a little more money to play with, too. So there are options for Barry Trot. So I think there's a little bit of excitement there. How much does uh, John Hines get credit in your mind for what's happened the last couple of weeks? I'm sure it's always difficult navigating a lineup card that's constantly changing because of injuries, Willie, but then you throw in the trades, the young guys that have come in, that's a lot to put on a head coach's plate late in any NHL season. It's a great question, and I'm glad you brought that up because I do think uh, John Hines deserves a lot of credit. I think it would have been easy to say, well, they're making changes. Where does that leave me? Woe is me. But he really did keep the game plan together. He, he instilled belief in the locker room that, look, guys, it doesn't look great right now. We just lost this guy to injury. We traded these guys. But if we play this way, each night we can stay in the fight. We can play meaningful hockey. We put pressure on teams above us in the standings, and we can be successful. And so I think that's a great feather in his cap. Now we'll see if it, if it means he gets to come back and the coaching staff gets to come back. Barry Trotz, I think what John Hines has going for him is Barry Trotz has been in that position. Uh, as a head coach. And since Barry Trotz has taken over, he's traveled with the team. He's been in on the meetings. John Hines has pretty much had an open door and said, let's bounce some things off each other. Look at what we're trying to do here. And so there will be a true evaluation from Barry Trotz uh, on John Hines. So we'll see which direction they like to go. But I think John Hines and his group has done everything that they possibly can uh, to make a great impression here. So I think he's, he deserves very high marks. It's March the 4th. Uh, Willie, before we let you go this afternoon, really do appreciate the time. I, I always love asking this of guys that uh, follow along with teams, but if there's somebody that we haven't mentioned in this conversation, uh, a, a player that maybe goes under the radar when it comes to opposing fan bases that you would highlight tonight for people listening and who are going to watch the game uh, from a Predator side of things? Um, I, I will throw one name out there, and I, I – Watch Keeper Sherwood. You mentioned uh, Tommy Novak and Luke Evangelista. Keeper Sherwood is one of those guys who's been a career AHL standout, 
hasn't had a lot of chances to play in the NHL. And now here he is getting a chance to play top six minutes. He does not have a contract for next year yet. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's trying to prove to everybody he deserves to be an NHL player. And, man, you talk about a guy that will throw his body in front of everything. He'll forecheck. He'll battle. Uh, I just think I just love stories like that. And there's been a couple other guys that have thrived in that, but, but he's the guy I've really – uh, I really think we notice a lot as broadcasters, as, as the fans give them shout-outs as well. He just plays very, very hard, and you're rooting for a guy like that. Uh, so Kiefer Sherwood, he'll play with Tommy Novak and Luke Evangelista uh, in that top six. So he's a guy that I think will stand out tonight. Love it. Willie, thanks so much for the time. I do appreciate it. Have yourself a great call tonight. Uh, enjoy the game, and uh, fingers crossed for one of Calgary or Nashville. If there's anybody other than Calgary gets in, Let's hope it's Nashville to get in there that playoff spot. Have a great night tonight, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It is funny. When, when we left Winnipeg the other night, the Jets beat the Predators 2-0 in a big, big win. And, and you know, wind it back a couple of days before. Everybody in Nashville was rooting for the Flames, right? But, hey, <laughs> yeah. great job, Flames. But now they have to turn around and beat them. And just as we were leaving Winnipeg, all the Jets people were saying, hey, take out uh, – hey, great job. Hey, take out the Flames for us, will you? So it's, it's kind of a round robin here. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> you No kidding. Have a great call tonight, Willie. Thanks again for the time, hey? Okay, no problem, guys. Thanks. Take care. Willie Donchick joining us uh, down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He is the play-by-play voice of the Nashville Predators and uh, also hear him on uh, ESPN Radio Nashville. 1025 the game, uh, but he'll be up in the uh, catwalk at the Scotiabank Sound Dome tonight uh, calling the Preds and the Flames along with former NHL goaltender uh, Chris Mason on color. You can find him on Twitter at WillieD1025 on uh, the Twitter machine that no longer has the Dogecoin logo in the top left corner. It's about um, time. That was weird. I don't know what was going on there. Strange time. Um, but, yeah, this should be a fun Preds team tonight. Looking forward to this matchup. Uh, I did mention uh, John Hines, head coach of the National Predators, uh, spoke to the media a little bit earlier on today uh, at the Saddle Dome. We'll hear that as part of our Flames uh, media avail coming up next. Uh, Predators, huge wins. Uh, you know, really, this team. I, I I mentioned all of the teams or the, all the players that this team lost during the trade deadline. And look, it's a it's a smart approach to try to maximize the assets that you can get. They got an absolute haul for Tanner Janot, uh from Tampa Bay, which started really this landslide of other players moving. Niederreiter, he's in Winnipeg. Grandland to Pittsburgh. Ekholm to Edmonton, uh, as everybody knows. And then all of a sudden, they started playing better. And Philip Forsberg has been out of the lineup for a long time. Uh, Matt Duchesne is dealing with an injury. Roman Yossi is not playing for this team right now. Ryan Johansson is out. Some regulars on defense. Alexander Carrier, Jeremy Lazan are not playing for this team. And they refuse to go away. That loss to Winnipeg Saturday was a gut punch. Uh, a 2-0 final. The Preds would have loved, and the Flames fans probably would have loved, uh, Nashville to find a way to pick up two points in that game. It just didn't happen, but look at the resume for this young Nashville team. Wins in Boston. One of the few teams to walk into Boston this year and pick up a win in regulation at TD Garden. They got it done against Carolina a couple of days ago at home. And 
all of a sudden, like I mentioned with uh, with Willie there, you kind of squint and the off-season plans might change for this team. Maybe you don't feel like you need to go into full rebuild mode if you're the Nashville Predators because a Tommy Novak took a step forward, because, you know, Luke Evangelista took a massive step forward. And there's still holes to fill, but the good news is for the Predators and, you know, soon-to-be GM Barry Trotz, the work you got done ahead of the trade deadline has given you all sorts of options. Now they have cap space. They have draft picks aplenty. Just in the 2023 draft year, they hold their first-round pick and the Oilers' first-round pick. They have a second-rounder thanks to the Penguins. Two picks uh, additional in the third and fourth rounds. An extra pick in the fifth round. And two more uh, in the second round next season. So the Predators all of a sudden loaded up with draft picks and cap space. It's a rare combination for a team um, that, look, probably in the same situation as the Flames, probably not going to make the playoffs. But if you're not, gonna, if you're going to be knocking on the door of a playoff spot and you have all of those things going for you, uh, including some of those young forwards that we mentioned, really stepping up and taking on big roles for this team, you have to feel a lot better about yourself if you're the Nashville Predators than you did coming out of the trade deadline thinking, all right, it's tank season. We're going to lose absolutely as many games as we can because all these guys are gone and we'll wait till the off season. They haven't uh, taken their foot off the gas for a second and they will not be an easy out for the Calgary Flames tonight. Uh, we know that for sure. Should be a great matchup. Reminder, 6.30 Flames warm up with Pat and Peter Labardius. 7.30 puck drop from the Dome with Derek Wills and Lou right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We will come back on the other side. We will hear from uh, both head coaches, John Hines and Daryl Sutter, plus a number of other Flames on a game day from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Your Flames audio coming up next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are wrapping up Hour 2. This edition of Sportsnet today on a Monday Flames game day. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. I'm Logan. He's Cam. She's Taylor. He's the intern Colton. Still lots to get to. We've heard from Peter Labardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames, and Willie Donick, the play-by-play voice of the Nashville Predators, all on today's show, getting you set up for tonight's matchup, Flames and Predators. Don't tell me it's not the biggest game of the year. Every game is the biggest game of the year. I don't want to see those tweets. I don't care what the math is. I'm not good at math. The math is uh, mathing or not mathing. Yeah, shut up, math. What do you know? Once you put letters in math, you, you lose me. That's why we're in radio. There are no letters in this math, but it doesn't matter. In fact, intern Colton freaks out every time you bring up anything to do with the math. He doesn't want to hear it. He has screamed every single time. Every one of you guys text in at 960-960 and you go, oh, the season's done. This game doesn't mean anything. Colton loses his mind. One of my favorite things about him. You see his soul dying slowly. He is fuming at the text line. 
There's only one letter now that matters when it comes to the rest of the season. W's. And it's W's. I mean, in fairness, the W's could mean absolutely nothing as long as Winnipeg picks up their own W's. Loser points. That's what matters. But we're going to ignore that. I don't want to hear it. I refuse until someone smarter than me, like Ryan Pike or pretty much anybody, confirms to me that the math no longer works. I don't want to hear it. There's a chance. And we're going to go into tonight and maybe go into one Wednesday night thinking there's a chance. We'll see what happens. You can only control your own destiny. Don't worry about Winnipeg. They take on the San Jose Sharks from Winnipeg, 5 o'clock tonight on Sportsnet West. So thanks to an odd 7.30 puck drop on a Monday, we'll have a pretty good idea of what's happening between the Sharks and the Jets. Pretty much once you get to Flames warm up with Pat and Lou. How about that? Go to just, you know, hang out with us all afternoon and then right around when Pat and Lou are getting things going on Flames warm up, we'll have a pretty good idea if Winnipeg is looking like they're going to be in a spot to pick up a win against San Jose, and then we'll we'll give it a, an importance rating based on that. But not only are we not giving up here, Cam, we, we know the players up. in the locker room, they still believe they've got that game seven mentality. As they should. Been playing playoff hockey for a couple weeks now. Let's hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames on a game day, starting with the head coach, Daryl Sutter, his team's approach to another must-win game tonight against the Nashville Predators. Here is the head coach and his morning media availability at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Daryl, you've addressed before with Mike Backman, uh, was nominated for the Masters at 34, how has he been, uh, been able to get the season He's had a good season. And that's how you got to look at it when you're – when you're a veteran and a, and a guy who plays a role, fills a role, he's had a really good season. You always said that it was last year after the playoffs, he felt he had a really good playoff and he wanted to build on it. Is that part of what the conversation was after the uh, last year with him? You felt he had a good playoff too? Yep. I think uh, the next step would be, you know, when you lose, he's part of that captain's group, right? And we lost the three captains and Sean, Matthew and Johnny that were part of that group last year, so it was really important to try and take that next step. Have you seen him grow as a leader, Daryl? Well, I think I just said that. In what ways specifically, maybe compared to last season, have you seen his leadership? I think consistency on ice situations. I think it's, uh, there's a lot of nights where he's up against top guys. There's a lot of nights, you know, he plays I think he's taken a step in the uh, probably the more efficient power play guy. Then passed. I think he's probably I don't know where, what's he got for power play goals this year. Probably more than in other years, for sure. Time on it. So. Darrell, what's impressed you about Nashville and how they've been able to persevere with all of the injuries they've had? Well, it's not a persevere. It's day one. Their goals against is. And chances against her right, right at the top there in our division. I think they'd be, right, maybe the best goals against. So it's not. I don't think persevere through NG. I think it's pretty consistent with their team. Daryl, 
instruct your team to approach these games differently at all, or are you this looking, game? Yeah, this game. It's pretty much the same, same as every other game we've been playing for the last six weeks. The Easter Bunny. That's the head coach of the Calgary Flames, Daryl Sutter, on a game day. His Flames taking on the Nashville Predators. Uh, the story, really, in the Western Conference since the trade deadline has been Nashville and their strong play post-trade deadline after getting rid of veterans. Ekholm, Granlund, Janot, Niederreiter, and having the likes of Duchesne, Johansson, Yossi, and others hurt. Hasn't slowed down this uh, Nashville team who might, you know, fall to a similar fate as the Calgary Flames and come up just short on a playoff appearance, but no one had Nashville here and uh, they're happy to be taking part in games that mean something uh, late in the season. And here is uh, now head coach of the Nashville Predator, John Hines, uh, on a game day for his team. I guess a tough Flames crew, uh, both teams needing two points tonight to keep pace with the Jets and have a hope at a playoff spot uh, by the end of the week. Here's uh, Preds head coach John Hines this morning at the Saddle Dome. It's uh, probably a line of questioning uh, that you've answered a million times, but just the idea that you guys are in this fight from the outside despite you know some key people out of the lineup. How do you keep doing that, coach? Well, you know, we've. Uh, I just think we've, we've been able to play a pretty strong team game. And, you know, we've been uh, – you have rock-solid goaltending, so that gives you a chance every night. And then, uh, you know, guys have stepped up and played well. I think the, the older guys that have been in the lineup every night – you know, the McDonough's, the Sissons, the Barry's, you know, these guys have had great attitudes. I think they've really accepted the situation we're in and and buy into how we need to play to be able to win games. And I think they've been good leaders for the young guys. And to the younger players' credit, you know, guys have come in and, 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 and they've played well. Uh, and that's been a big that's been a big boost. And I think they just they understand that, you know, for us for us to be successful we have to be good in certain areas of the game, but we also need to have a, a strong team effort. We can't have passengers and look for other guys to be able to do it, that everyone's got to take ownership of their game and take ownership of the things that it takes to win. And for the most part, we've been able to do that. And to your point with the, the younger players as a coach, have you been impressed just by, I don't know, the level of talent, just not only buy-in because everybody's playing for something, but yeah. just the idea of being able to see how talented those younger guys are and the impact that they can make doing a pretty important time. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. You know, I think that, um, you know, probably other than Evangelista and Livingstone, um, you know, those guys are kind of in their first NHL opportunity. But, you know, we've had a lot of change. We've had guys like Tommy Novak, um, guys like Gravel when he was in the lineup. We had guys like Tomasino. They've been NHL experience, AHL, NHL experience, AHL. And I think that, you know, sometimes when guys go through that role, they find their games, they, they understand what they need to do in the NHL versus the AHL to be able to be successful. So I think that that has helped, that they've had some experience in there. And then sometimes when you get, you know, a bunch of them together, you know, there's a little bit more of a comfort level and, and even just some, some chemistry between the players because they played together in the American League and now they're doing the same thing in the NHL. Does anything change for you given, you know, what's changed in your roster on a daily, nightly, weekly, monthly basis? Does your message change in any way or what is your message as you have to kind of adjust? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think that uh, you change your, your message so much. I, I, I do think that sometimes when you have more of a veteran team, um, maybe after games, you know, like I, I talk to them more, win or lose after a game, just to 
a little bit of feedback on the game, what the mentality is. I think you're trying more to guide them um, in the direction where sometimes if you have a more veteran team, you know, guys have been through some different things, you know, you, you can maybe talk to those guys a little bit more where I think I've dealt a lot with the veteran leaders alone, but I think more, more team messaging and making sure that you're trying to find the right opportunities to, to make sure that they're in the right place of what's expected and what was good, what was bad, and not, not get too high or too low. Just try to keep them on the, on the right course. John, what does it say about your team culture, the fact that these guys have come in, it doesn't seem like they've skipped a beat from the AHL to the NHL. What does that say about what your veterans maybe have built in that uh, locker room? Yeah, it's big. I mean, it's big. I think the, the veteran guys that, that uh, are involved, like they have, they have choices too. You know, like you get there's a decision to, to sell at the deadline and then uh, you know that takes a little chunk out of uh, out of the team uh, and then we then on top of some of the injuries but I th- as I said before I think that they're they've they've approached it the right way they're they're high character guys I think they care about what's going on um, they want to win and you know our mentality was okay well this is what our this is what our situation is so how are we gonna what's the best actions we can take to make sure that this is going to be productive and give ourselves a chance and we got to do it together, and those guys have embraced that. And as much as the younger players have made big impacts, uh, I think it would be very hard to be able to do what we've done to date without that that drive and the support and the attitude of those veteran players. And what does a guy like Tyson Barry? What has he added off the ice to you? Tyson has been, you know, he's been really good. I mean, it, 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 even for him, like it's been a it's been a different transition for him. So he he comes to Edmonton, he comes here. You know, instantly he's playing more minutes than he was in Edmonton. And then all of a sudden there's injuries. Now Yost is out, and now now he's required to play even more minutes and harder minutes in different situations on the ice. And he's done a really good job. Like, he's grown his game, and I think he's counted on in certain situations that maybe he wasn't prior to coming here, that he's come through. And he's another one of these guys that's uh, come in. He's been great with the younger guys. He's been great with the coaching staff. He's got a great attitude. Um, and, and, you know, I tie him in. Like, the three guys that have been very consistent in the lineup is Barry Sissons and, um, and McDonough and Soros. You know, we've had some other guys that have been in and out with injuries, but those guys have, for the most part, been the, the kind of the core veterans as of late, and they've done a really good job. There you go. John Hines, head coach of the Nashville Predators, addressing the media in Calgary. Uh, ahead of the game, Flames and Preds tonight from the Scotiabank Saddledome. A couple members of the Calgary Flames to hear from, starting with veteran forward Milan Lucic. His team's approach heading into another must-win game tonight at the Saddledome. Here is uh, big number 17 with the media following morning skate. Does it almost feel like Groundhog Day with the importance of each and every game as you get closer to the end of the regular season, especially with the team you're playing tonight also in the chase? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, every every it feels like every game is the biggest game of the year. Uh, we've been saying that for the last feels like ten games, like you said, and uh, um, obviously it's a big one here tonight against a team that's been playing really well. I mean, it's easy to look at their lineup and think that you know uh, it's going to be an easy game, but you know I think they've been one of the hardest teams to play against in the league right now, and uh, you know they're they're playing well as a team. They're They've been playing well defensively. Their their goalie is, uh, you know, been you know top of their game. So, in order for us to get the result that we want tonight, we got to make sure, you know, our, our preparation is there and, and we bring our A game because it's going to be uh, it's going to be like a game seven here tonight. Does the pressure amplify knowing that there is a potential elimination scenario for the Calgary Flames tonight if you don't take care of what you need to take care of? 
Uh, I mean, you know, there's always pressure, and it's it's just the way that you take it. Uh, you know, I, I I've always been a guy with the attitude to, you know, to to embrace challenges like this. You know, have fun with them. Uh, you know, one of the sayings uh, someone once said was, you know, in, in situations like this where there's pressure, you know, it's a, don't feel the pressure, apply the pressure. So, you know, that's something uh, that we got to do and. Uh, Again, have fun with it. Home crowd, uh, second last home game of the year. So there's lots to to, to have us uh, feeling good and go out there and, and make the most of it. We know the last few games against Nashville haven't gone well for you guys. What what lessons have you taken from those games that you hope to apply tonight? Well, we got to have a good start. I mean, you look at the two games. I don't think our first periods were that great uh, against this team, and uh, we've only managed to score two goals in two games against them. Uh, I mean, I talked about their team. Uh, how they are defensively and the structure that they play and how well their goalie is. So uh, we gotta, you know, we gotta find ways to create chances and and when we get those chances, we gotta find ways to beat a a really good hot goalie. Are you impressed? Might not be the right word, but Nashville traded four key pieces at the deadline. They've been missing four key veterans in their lineup, and yet they're still in this chase through March and April. Are you not surprised? But what can you say about their perseverance to, to still be in this fight? Yeah, I think uh, I think the guys that have been given opportunities have have stepped up and you know proved that you know they can compete and play in the NHL. And I mean, if you look at Nashville as a whole, uh, as an organization since they started, they've they've done a really good job drafting and developing and and competing every single year, and they've done that within. And and uh, you know it's just uh, another example of them doing that. Uh, you know from. From what I said, from from them developing and drafting and all that type of stuff, and and it just goes to show uh, the character of uh, of of the players and, and and of the team and of the organization of <coughs> of them, you know, trying to make the most of their opportunities. So uh, so yeah, they've they've done a a real great job staying in the fight, and uh, like I said, it's going to make for a really tough battle here tonight. It, it seems like. Um it's tricky that team has lots of guys that you hockey DB because they're just not household names. Is it tougher maybe to play against teams who have guys that you're just not as familiar with? Uh, yeah, sometimes it is because uh, you know you don't really know what to expect from them because you don't have a lot of uh, experience of, of, of playing against them. But you, we know they're going to work hard. You know they're going to make plays, and you know they're going to uh, play the system that the coach wants them to play. So. Uh, just got to be prepared for that. We've talked about, you know, for weeks now, these being the biggest games of the year, the pressure, all that. Like, has it been fun? Because it doesn't seem like it would be that much fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess whatever way you look at it, it's it's fun or not that fun. I mean, it'd be a lot more fun if we had an X beside our uh, beside uh, Calgary in the standings right now. But you know, it's 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 fun to be competing for a playoff spot and. You know that's why there's 82 games uh, in the season, and uh, you know we all we can do is take care of our own business, and it starts here tonight. Milan Lucic, his uh, morning media availability at the Scotiabank Sound Dome today, following morning skate, he is in the lineup tonight. They're projected to be in the lineup tonight, remaining on that fourth line with Trevor Lewis and Walker Dewar. Jacob Markstrom, your starting goaltender for Calgary. UC Soros will go for Nashville. Flames not expected to make any lineup changes heading into tonight's game. That means the likes of uh, Coronado, Pelche, Rusichka, 
still remain as scratches. Same on the back end for Gilbert and Stone. That means that uh, Noah Hannafin, uh, who also spoke to the media today, stays on his regular pairing uh, with Chris Tanev. It's been uh, good to see them back together, obviously getting more comfortable again. As Chris is back from injury, he also took time uh, to speak to the media following morning skate at the Dome. You know, just another game where it's a must-have against a team that, I, you know, I don't know how you explain what Nashville's been doing, but just I want to ask you what, I guess, the sense of pride in this room that you haven't gone away, you haven't seen this team fold up, but against a team that you have to beat tonight that has a, you know, not an NHL lane. Yeah, no, I mean, we know the situation, and, uh, you know, I think you know, we've been been playing hard. We've been doing you know, the, the right things, and, and uh, you know, we got to carry that over to tonight. It's a huge game, and you know, obviously, you know, they're dealing with some injuries, but they've been finding ways to have success, and they work really hard, and they go out and compete, and they try to make it a, a gritty game. So, um, you know, it's it's good to be home and, and finish up these last two at, at home, and, and uh, you know, go out there and just try to have a good performance tonight and get a win. You guys getting used to every game being biggest game of the year? Yeah, it's been it's been like this for a while now. So it's good though. It's good and. It's good to be a part of these games, these big moments, to, to try to go out and compete and win games. And, and uh, you know, if we get in, I think that's going to be good for us to carry over. Can you handle the stress from all of these must-win games just piling up one after the other and just for your mental sake? Yeah, just one at a time. It's all you can control is what's in front of you. Just just uh, going out there and putting on a, a good first period tonight and trying to get a good start. And, and, and then uh, eventually the game kind of comes to you and, and slows down a bit. But it's definitely... Uh, I think we're definitely uh, used to being a part of these big games by now. I'm obviously no professional athlete, but it sounds exhausting. It's not. You're you're able to get get by. No, it's definitely uh, yeah. It's 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 a grind. I mean, it's not easy or anything. I mean, I think there's a there's a bunch of teams that are kind of fighting right now to get in, and and uh, and we're in that position. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's still if you get in, it's still a long ways to go. So you just gotta control what's in front of you and and not try to look at the big picture too much and take one game at a time. When you're away from the rink and all of this, does the at home or just everyday life routine change as a result of the stress that comes with these games? Um, no, just try to same habits, same things. You know, sometimes this time of year too. You know, our, the games are so big. You kind of you get real excited for them. And the adrenaline kind of helps you out and, and pushes you through. So it's uh, at home's uh, everything's the same. Do you, do you watch more hockey or less hockey? Like your buddies playing and stuff. Do you try to turn that off or do you watch more with? Um, yeah, it just depends kind of on the on the day. Sometimes if it's a game that's going to impact us as a team, I'll, I'll check it out and see what's going on and watch. But if it has no impact on us, usually I just uh, just try to worry about what's going on you know, with our team. Yeah, I mean, if we're not playing or something, I'll I'll watch them or, or Nashville or whoever. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just just to see kind of how it's going to affect us. And uh, is it different with a pre-scope? Facing a team that you probably have to hockey DB a lot if their guys is just such a different lineup. Like, is that different to pre scout? I think for us is just kind of coming and being prepared and playing the same way and just you know worrying about how we're gonna play our game. And when we do that, it doesn't you know it shouldn't matter who who we're going up against. But I mean, like I said, I think we know kind of their identity as a team is just to not give up a lot of goals and, and go out and work really hard and, and try to grind and, and make it a tough game. So we, uh, we know what we're up against uh, uh, tonight. What are some lessons you've taken from some of those other games against Nashville that you hope to apply today? I know you kind of maybe started on the last answer, but what about some other stuff that didn't work for you the last two times against Nashville? Yeah, I mean, we've had uh, you know, trouble scoring goals against them, and obviously they got a, a good goaltender, and they, uh, they try to close it down a bit in the D zone, not give up too many chances. So um, we just got to kind of fight fight for space and hold on to the puck and try to get into those greasy areas and, and get in their goalie's face a bit. That was Flames defenseman Noah Hannafin. Last to uh, do the media rounds today, Jonathan Huberto. He was in the focus following Saturday's loss to the Canucks. 
Another underwhelming performance from many's view of number 10, including a shootout attempt stopped by Thatcher Demko, would be a great sign for the Flames to get him going tonight in an important game against the Nashville Predators. Here is Jonathan Huberto with the media at the Dome earlier today. What's it like playing a do-or-die game after do-or-die game in the situation or and the opponent who's also in the exact same situation? Yeah, I feel it's been like this for, for a while now. But now, I mean, two, you know, last two games, so focus on... On tonight, and like you said, you know, we, we need to win. So basically, you know, if we lose, we're, we're out. So I think, you know, we got to win, and that's it, and focus on tonight. And, you know, we know a good team. They've been, you know, playing well. And with all the injuries they have, I mean, the guys here, you know, they're, they're working hard, and they're a tough team to play against. What makes them so difficult to play against? You've seen them this year. Yeah, I think, you know, they're, they're well-structured, and, you know, they play well. So we got to... They'll beat that. They'll play in their zone. They have a really good goalie as well. So they'll make it hard on him tonight. Was it stressful playing all these games back to back to back against teams that are right yeah. in it with you? <laughs> I feel we're getting used to it. So kind of, you know, it's uh, it's more about us. I mean, and, and you know, you don't want to be stressful. You want to play play your own game and you know do what's best best for you and you know play well. When you're not going through these stressful games, how do you cope with it? How do you cope with the stress? Well, I mean, we're all together, you know, in it together. So I think till the end, we knew it was going to be a grind, you know, the past three weeks. So it's, that's what it's been. And I think, you know, last two games, just give give it your all. But, like, just when you're away from the ice or just hanging yeah, on yourself? I try not to think about it. And, you know, I try not to watch hockey as much and kind of, you know, just enjoy something else. And when you come to the rink, you're ready to go. How is it playing with uh, you're playing with Michael right now? How's how's that partnership evolved over the past few um, months here? It's good. He's a guy you know. He's he's honest. You know, honest player. He's you play played again two hundred feet, and you know, he's a smart guy. I think yeah, I enjoy playing with him. He's in the right spot. You know, in the right moment. And I wouldn't manage to. You know, a speedy guy, fast guy. You know, knows how to make plays. Got a good shot. How do you okay when it comes to passing the puck for for a guy that's really good at like you? How do you adapt your passes with a different center or winger how's that work for a guy oh it's i mean you know i feel try every every sentiment so it's uh it's it's the same thing i mean i feel like you know there's obviously a different guy righty lefty and stuff like that but i think Bax is and you know is, is a great great player he's always in you know supporting you and stuff like that so i think you learn to play with each sentiment but Bax obviously is a, is a great player as you've gotten involved, what, what's been the key, do you think, to his consistency this season? He's been one of those yeah. guys who's pretty, kind of been pretty steady for you guys. His, his work ethic, I mean, he's, you know, he's the guy that, you know, warms up. He, he works hard every day. And, you know, his professional has been in the league for, for a lot of years, and, and you can tell. He's a, he's a great leader for, for a team, and I think when he goes on the ice, you know, he doesn't take one shift off. Jonathan Hubert, last of the Flames to handle media duties ahead of tonight's big game against the Nashville Predators. Flames will go with Jacob Markstrom in net. It's UC Soros going for the Preds. Same lineup that fell in a shootout to the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday. Another key two points up for grabs for the Calgary Flames. They need these ones to stay alive in the playoff race. Winnipeg, of course, their biggest opponent right now. That'll do it for us. Make sure you stay tuned. You're on Sportsnet 960, the fan.